0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And yes, like we said yesterday, the Avalanche have touched down in Edmonton. It seems like they already have a practice under their belt. And we will be diving into a couple different things today. Talking about how the NHL at the end, of the conclusion of phase three, had zero positive tests, which is incredible. We'll talk about the arena itself in Edmonton that looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, and well, we got some more information on why Vlad Kamenev was left off of the roster. Couple other things to get to as well. So first things first, follow the show on Instagram, On Avalanche, follow on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything on your mind to lockdown at gmail.com. So I mentioned the uh, the, the testing <clears throat> that the NHL had announced. I I really wonder how much of the timing this was, because the the uh, baseball is having problems right now, and I'm sure everybody's aware of what's going on in baseball with, like, eight or nine players from uh, Miami testing positive, which has... And then some coaches, too, I believe, which has caused uh, their game to be postponed for today and, in addition, has postponed the Yankees because the Yankees are playing Philadelphia, who... Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, Miami just left playing, it's a disaster right now, Uh, and I think it's only going to get worse as the days goes on with baseball, and as that news was coming out that those two series in, in Major League Baseball were being postponed for today, we have no idea what's going on past that, right around the same time the NHL came out with a statement, could be coincidence, but we like conspiracy theories here, so... Uh, Why not just say it's that? And a statement from the NHL stating the NHL concluded Phase 3, which was their formal training camp um, of its return to play on Saturday with no positive test results from COVID-19 among the 4,256 tests administered to more than 800 players during the period from July 18th to July 25th. During the two-week period of Phase 3, there were a total of two positive tests. Both occurred during the period from July 13th to July 17th, among 6,874 total tests. All 24 teams entering the secure zone in Edmonton and Toronto yesterday for the beginning of Phase 4, and each of the 52 members of the 24 teams, which are players and staff, will be tested on a daily basis. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and the result of those tests. The league will not be providing information on identity of players or clubs, which is understandable. But wow. (laughs) While everything is still kind of just going in the wrong direction when it comes to the coronavirus in this country... Um, and others, but, you know, may, you know, the United States is just struggling to contain this thing. The NHL themselves has somehow done it and been the face of how you control this thing. I didn't see this happening. I really thought, it, and it, I didn't think this was going to happen, and not to uh, the NHL's fault. I just thought it was beyond the NHL. It was beyond... Baseball, it was beyond football. It was beyond anything any of those entities could do. That it was just going to be out of control, and there was nothing that they could do to handle it. And look what they have done. I mean, that is impressive to have that to 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 have the rules in place that all of those teams adhered to. That you had uh, two two positive tests now. Before that, obviously. There were players on Tampa Bay testing positive. There were players on Toronto testing positive. But th- when they did, they, they weeded them out and had them quarantined. It seems like they're on the ball with this thing. I feel good. I feel good that we are going, going to finish the season and have a Stanley Cup winner. I don't feel the same way about baseball right now. Basketball seems like players can't stay out of strip clubs. And the NFL is kind of just getting started, so we'll see with them. But the NHL is kind of like the the beacon of hope on if you do what you are supposed to do. And this is a microcosm for what everybody should be doing. And they have it kind of on lockdown. It's, it's impressive. Um, I'm just happy to be a hockey fan right now. Happy to be an Avalanche fan, of course. But... Happy to be just a hockey fan and you know a, a league that got it and said this is what we need to do so we can crown a champion. And I think a lot of other leagues are looking at them right now saying that's how you do it you you' you're putting tw- it's not like we put 10 teams into the playoffs and you have to uh, you know monitor 10 teams worth of players. It's 24 teams worth of players. And you don't have a single positive test going into return to play. Very, very impressive by the NHL. Standing ovation for them. Another thing I have to give the NHL credit for. In my mind, I was just thinking, we're going to have these teams at these arenas in Edmonton and Toronto. Not have any fans, of course. And just play the game. If you have seen the the images coming out, and these are not computer rendered images, these are actual photographs of the inside of the arena. And I'm talking about where the stands are, like where in the arena, where the ice is, where the seats are. We'll get to the what's going on outside of that arena and kind of like the mezzanines, if you want to call them that. Um th- <laughs> they're setting it up. Uh there's you know massive computer uh, television screens, and you, you're going to have you know each team's images on whatever side they're sitting on. It it is like a futuristic arena right now. I for the NHL is taking care of this. They know eyes are going to be on them. They know it, and they are taking advantage of it. They're not just throwing guys in a, a arena. And getting them on the rink and saying, have at it. I would have been fine with that because we get to watch hockey. But they have put in some effort to make this thing appealing to the people watching on TV, which is everybody. Nobody's going to be there. We're all watching on TV, and they know that. And they want to make the watching experience from home on your television something good. So it's not just what's on the ice. Sure, that's what everybody's going to be watching. But the the surrounding things that they put on the arena, it's crazy if you haven't seen those images yet. So like kind of behind where the the players will be sitting on the bench, it takes up almost half the arena, almost goes from one half and kind of circles behind them and goes to almost the other half. And it's just huge screens and i'm sure things are going to be playing on that and uh, team logos and stuff are going to be on that covering this the seats themselves are just nhl logos they they're, they're killing it they're, they're they're just they're overthinking this which is good because like i'm saying i was thinking that they just want to get guys on the ice and that's all they thought about no they went above and beyond and are putting together a package that People are going to be like, wow, look at the NHL. <laughs> they, they're they're impressing. Now, on the outside, kind of uh, like the players' lounges and things like that. Again, like this is this is almost like a a, a Disneyland or a Disney World. I've been to Disney World recently. In November, I went. And you know, Disney, Disney World is massive. You have no reason to leave their grounds. This is not the size of that, but they are making it where. These players don't need to go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. So they're bringing everything in. Apparently they have movie theaters ready for them, food trucks ready for them, which Ian Cole says he doesn't care about. They're there for to play a game and win something, which is totally true. But they are making this like Club Med. Um, so if you were worried about any of these players not having something to do when they're not playing, they have plenty to do. And I'm almost jealous I can't be there uh, and just hang out in this place because I would love to be quarantined in something like what they're getting set up in. Um, There's videos out of all the teams showing up, getting their, like, care packages almost. Um, Again, it was just a day for me where everything that I was seeing coming out of the NHL, stuff like this, stuff like the arena, um, like I said, the video of all the teams' buses showing up, Everything was organized. Everybody knew where they had to go. It, it was just we have rules, and you are adhering to them, and nobody is questioning that. And nobody's questioning it because look what's happened; it's worked. So uh, I'm just I'm I'm in awe of what the NHL has done uh, to get these guys where they are, and. It's just what we are about to get. We haven't even got to games yet. So I have, like I said in the beginning, all the confidence in the world. Somebody will be hoisting that trophy. Now, I said yesterday the Avalanche came out with their roster. Uh, One that was left off, obviously, was Vlad Kamenev. And we kind of got a reason as to why. So we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So the one name that everybody seems to be kind of focused on as the one guy who didn't make the cut is Vlad Kamenev. And Ryan Clark from The Athletic, who does some fantastic reporting over there, ha- he released a, uh, a tweet this morning stating that uh, it, the, the main reason why he probably was left out was that he had an uh, appendectomy in late May or early June. So if anybody's been through that, which I have not, but I have known a lot of people that have, um, it can be very painful. (laughs) It is very painful. Um, The recovery time is a little bit quicker than you would think um, after going through something that's so painful before you get the appendix removed. But still, you would be kind of quite limited uh, playing a sport like hockey. That's fast and rough. So that seems like it's the main reason... He was left out of the roster. It seems like they still have plans for him, you know, and which should come as a surprise to nobody because the Colorado Avalanche will give their players multiple, multiple opportunities. And on top of that, because he was involved in the trade that brought him from Nashville in the Matt Duchesne deal, I think they don't want to give up on that because I think they want and and the trade has worked out in the Avalanche favor a million times over. Uh but I think they 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 want they maybe like zeroed him zeroed in on him on the trade for a reason. And you know, he hasn't in my opinion and I have to think his own opinion and probably the Avalanche opinion hasn't progressed the way that they would like him to, but I think they're they're happy with him in a sense. And again, he is a guy that they can take their time with because they have a slew of options. Um, if he's not pulling his weight, you can send him down, work with him, and bring him back up. Um, I haven't been really impressed with him, but the uh, the skill is obviously there. So no need to completely give up on him. If this is, the, is you know, that, that makes sense. It's understandable. You're not going to bring him up on a what-if basis. And let's hope he is okay and can play when you have able-bodied players to come in immediately and take his place or, or or a place and not have to question them. So it makes sense. But I think when everybody saw this, immediately, myself included, were thinking that this, is, this marks the end of Vlad Kamenev in an Avalanche jersey. Might not be the case if it's outside forces like... Um, you know, the, the draft or something like that, which I don't see that Seattle taking him in the draft, um, then it might be, if, if it's, it could be something out of the Colorado Avalanche control, is what I'm saying. I think they want to keep him and want to work with him. Um, so for now, that's just what it is. Uh, a guy that we all watch with eagle eyes is obviously Kale McCarr. He says he is backed and he is quote feeling perfect, which I think that's all we needed to hear. And everybody else should be afraid. (laughs) Uh, If Kale McCarr says he is feeling perfect, we should take him at his word. Uh, And if you watch those little videos and stuff that are being released here and there by the NHL, by the Colorado Avalanche themselves, Players look like they're just having a good time, and he's he's one of them. Um, you can kind of read it on their faces if they're not feeling that well. Um, and there's some clips of Kale McCarr looks totally fine. So I think the the worry over what was wrong with him is pretty much gone based on how he looks in those short clips and that statement right there. When you say you're feeling perfect. Uh, end of questioning for me. There is a question I do have, though. And this is kind of something I want people to reach out to me and, and on any platform. The ones I mentioned in the beginning LOPN underscore avalanche Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, or send an email into lockedonavalanche at gmail.com. NHL and NBC put up a post saying who they gave a power ranking of the Stanley Cup less veterans that people are rooting for. And they gave a top five. Five is Miko Koivu. Four is Pekka Rinne. Three is Jason Spezza. Two is Henrik Lundqvist. One is Patrick Marleau. I would put Henrik Lundqvist uh, at number one. That's just me. I don't know how much he's actually going to play in these playoffs, but I would put him at number one. That's my personal feeling. From a Colorado Avalanche standpoint, who are we? Who we don't? We're not going to have a Ray Bork moment. Where it's someone who's been, you know, trying for years and years and years and you know, it's on the downside of his career and maybe only has a couple years left and we're, you know, we're winning one for him. But that doesn't mean like we there's not guys on this team that have been around for a long time and are are deserving of it. So I think the two that stand out to me is Eric Johnson. He's been there for quite a while. I think he and I talked about it in yesterday's show. He kind of gets a raw deal because he has that number one overall pick attached to him, and people expected, even though he's a defender, you know, people expected you know him to be like a Sidney Crosby, and anybody is when now in hockey anybody that's drafted number one you are expected to be a franchise-changing player, pretty much immediately. Thanks, Connor McDavid. Thanks, Sidney Crosby. Thanks, Nathan McKinnon. And Eric Johnson just wasn't that guy. And like I said, I I talked about him yesterday, and I I even talked about how I don't talk about him enough because he just does what he's supposed to do. I think he is as close a thing to maybe like a Ray Bork to win it for somebody on this team. It would just feel really good if Eric Johnson won one. And it would feel really good if he won one in Colorado, Jersey, obviously. So I'd like to see him raising the cup. And the other one is Gabe Landeskog. And and that's maybe an easy answer cuz he's your captain, but he's been through it all with this team. He, you know, he was their top pick um in in the 2011 draft. And since then, you know, he's been through the ups and downs and he they, they've had really good teams, they've had historically bad teams, and he's been the guy that's really just put in the work day in and day out to to be where he's at. And, you know, he didn't you know, just cut bait and run like, you know, some other players did one in particular. He hung around. He, he liked this team. Uh, he and I think because he had seen them do well before they had done so poorly, he knows he knew what they were capable of, so he hung around and he wasn't gonna leave. He wasn't just gonna just get out of dodge because they were going through a, a tough year or two. He stuck with it, and you have to respect that. So um, I think he's he's another guy that I think is deserving, and I would really like to see get a cup, and the earlier the better, because you know the longer it goes on without winning one then it's the whole John Elway syndrome. Am I ever going to get another chance? And so get one out of the way early, and then you're playing with house money, and then all the ones that you collect after that, if you can, are just icing on top. But to get Gabe Landeskog one I think would be kind of poetic for him to to get one in an Avalanche jersey. So let me know what you guys think. Do you agree with those two? Is there anybody else on the team specifically that you think is – kind of deserving, and like I said, not to the level of Ray Bork, but in that realm of we want to win the cup for this guy. Let me know. I'd love to hear what you have to say. One more thing to get to, kind of like a fun thing. I haven't mentioned the Seattle Kraken on this show yet. No real reason to. It's not Locked On Kraken. Uh, but now that they came out with their name, which is cool... And their logo, which is cool, and their colors, which are terrible. Uh, The Athletic came out with an article ranking all 59, which is all of the logos over the course of the NHL. Logos. And where did the Avalanche rank? You're probably not going to be happy. All right, so like I said, the Seattle Kraken are official. We kind of had, if you're paying attention, we... Kind of thought it was going to be the Seattle Kraken. And we do not have a locked on Kraken show yet. But I'm sure that we will. And whenever we do, they will be welcome. uh, Just like the Kraken themselves are going to be welcome into the NHL whenever they take the ice. Having said that, uh, Sean McIndoe over at The Athletic went on to rank all 59 names in NHL history. And this is just names, this is not logos or anything like that, this is just straight nicknames. So where he put the avalanche, like I said, you're probably not going to be happy, and he even included the Kraken, that's why he did this. So he put the Seattle Kraken name at 25. So if you were thinking the avalanche were gonna be higher than that, you're wrong. He's got the avalanche at 33, and it's a one sentence explanation where all the other ones are kind of like a solid paragraph. The avalanche is the shortest one, and all he says is, teams named after natural disasters that kill people. Yep. still weird. Okay, if that is your rationale, then I have a question for you, sir. Why, pray tell, Do you have the Carolina Hurricanes 11 spots higher than the Colorado Avalanche at 22? And you say the same thing for Carolina Hurricanes, that it's still kind of weird to name your team after an actual disaster that shows up and kills people every year. Yeah, and Hurricanes kill so many more people per year than an avalanche. So your rationale is flawed, sir. Uh, but you know, this is just, it's a fun thing to do this. I'm not holding this guy's feet to the fire or anything like that. It's just kind of fun, but your, your rationale is completely blown up and exposed. Um, and there is a redeeming quality here, which I will get to in a second, but just to kind of show you or tell you where he is with this. Like I said, there's 59, uh, nicknames. He put the Toronto Maple Leaves at 58, which I think is just a classic team name. Uh, 59, if you were wondering, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. So when you have your team named after a Disney movie, people don't like that. Or some do. So for number one, though, anything we had negative to say about Mr. McIndoe? Uh, kind of goes out the window because, well, I'll give you the top three. Number three, he put San Jose Sharks. He, he seems to really like that name. Uh, number two, Minnesota no- Minnesota North Stars, which is a million times better than their current team name. And number one, Quebec Nordiques. So he has redeemed himself in spades uh, by putting our beloved Colorado Avalanche All the way down to 33, which I, I love our team name. I don't, for some reason, I don't put together the Colorado Avalanche with just like a natural disaster that kills people. And I know I probably should, but I just don't think that way when I think of my team. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of a fun little thing that he did, so. Does it matter at all in the grand scheme of things? Not at all. We still got a great team. We have a great team name. We have an awesome logo and so much better color scheme than the Seattle Kraken. So what do you guys think? Let me know. Get a hold of me on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Avalanche. Send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. What do you think of that? list. Is it ridiculous? Who's your number one nickname of all time in the NHL? And let me know, like I said in the segment before, who on the avalanche do you want to see hoisting the cup because it's they deserve it? I think Eric Johnson and Gabe Landeskog. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you guys. That is going to be it for today. Tomorrow is Exhibition Day. And I don't know what time that starts, so i got to look that up, but and I know it's going to be aired. I know uh, Altitude is airing that if you have Dish Network or DirecTV, one of those, I think. Um, but they're still in that contract debacle. So one way or another, you can watch it if you have satellite. So if that is on at a reasonable time and I can uh, talk about that after it's over for tomorrow's show, I'll do that. I have to wait until Thursday to talk about it. I'll just wait until Thursday. So uh, that'll be it for now. And yeah, hockey is days away. Can you feel This is like Christmas. Can you feel it? Can you smell it? We're almost there. It was a long wait, but we have come to the end. Hopefully. Very soon. That's going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you tomorrow. Stay safe. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!